White Cloud feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We are out at uh, Stefano's, uh, the new location, and this is this is awesome because you, you guys have heard the commercials. Everybody's heard the commercials, right? Yes. Yes, and uh, Nick from Stefano's. Yeah. I, I, I just... Met Nick, uh, uh, Nick's sister, Maria, and uh, we're we're having this great talk. And then Nick starts asking a question. I'm like, I I know that voice. <laughs> I, I, I had this this moment where I know that voice. That's that's him. Yeah, that that's him that does all the commercials. So yeah. it's, it's it's really cool uh, to be out here. The brand new uh, location, fourth location uh, in the Las Vegas Valley, and uh, Paul Cotter uh, was here today signing some autographs. Uh, a great uh, conversation with Paul uh, as uh, as he wrapped things up. Uh, we didn't want to interrupt him in line as the Vegas Golden Knights will go back to work tomorrow against the Philadelphia Flyers, part of a three-game homestand uh, for the team, and uh, trying to get something going at, at home. And it's it's somewhat. I don't know, misleading is the word, but they had a game against St. Louis in which they came back from the road trip, a really emotional victory against the Buffalo Sabres, and we called it right away that that was going to be the the difficult night. Now, the follow-up games were disappointing, but that night I kind of threw away. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also had St. Louis playing its best hockey of the season, and last night was a similar fashion, although Vegas was in that game last night a lot more than they were in the St. Louis encounter. It was uh, thanks to the the goal in the second period yeah. got the, got them to one one going to the third. And given that they were in the game to the third period, I thought gave them a real chance for the win. Now the penalty at the end of the period, the second uh, on on Shea Theodore, yeah, uh, that was a frustrating one for everybody in the building. Sure. One, yeah. you, you're like, what what happened? Time ran out. Oh, yeah. Why is he getting a penalty? And two, it just you, you work so hard to get back and stay in that game to find your legs, and they did in the second period. Then you got to come out and try and kill a penalty. It it it, it knocked uh, any type of uh, momentum out of the game, even through an intermission. Yeah, it pulled the wind out of the sails for sure. And and for the Golden Knights, who did a really good job getting themselves back into the game in the back half of the second period, I, I thought that. By virtue of what we saw, the Golden Knights were going to be the team that, that had the best chance in the third of kind of taking the game over. But you give the, the Rangers, and I say you give, when the Rangers are given opportunities on the power play, and I know it hasn't been as prolific as it was last year, that shot from Mika Zibanejad is is just ready to be uncorked and and unfortunately for the golden knights uh, on that third power play opportunity of the game that's when uh zibanejad broke through and you know everything else kind of snowballed from there i don't know so he he's in a similar spot that alexander ovechkin is is shooting from i'm trying to describe it to to people that's the most uh obvious uh shooting comparison 
He's top of the circle uh, on the camera left side if yep. you're looting, looking at the goaltending zone, the defensive zone from center ice. He takes that shot, and a lot of times I'll see guys take that shot and they'll go near post. Mm-hmm. And, and that, it's hard to get over, and you're trying to follow that. When he goes the backside, yeah. like, it's, if you can hit your spot there, the only way that the goaltender really has a good solid, because he's reaching over, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, almost even harder when you're uh, uh, a southpaw uh, going over, because you, you don't have your glove to, sure. to, to react to. Uh, it's, a, it's a really difficult spot when the shooter goes against the grain. Yeah, and, you know, I, with if, a rocket. Well, and that's, I think, what, what makes Mika such a dangerous player on the power play and why that is the shot you play on the penalty kill to try to prevent because, you know, he's a, he's a smart enough player to kind of put that in, the, in a spot, and he's, he's been very much a, a on the power play. If you get him that look, more often than not, he's going to put it in the back of the net. And, you know, fair play to the New York Rangers. They were able to take advantage of that opportunity when the game was in the balance. I know Bruce Cassidy wasn't pleased uh, because that was something that they'd pre-scouted. Yeah. And that was disappointing. Uh, but like almost like the Pittsburgh game where the penalty kill was good last night. Yeah. But you take that one extra. And I don't know whether it's not the fifth penalty, it's not the seventh penalty, but like the, the fourth penalty of a game, you've you got to limit yourself to two or three uh, opportunities uh, to, to have to kill those or else it, somebody like that with that type of release, even if you know it's coming, they're going to score. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a situation where you can you can get away with and you know obviously when we go into the pregame shows we're talking about discipline and we're not talking about it through the lens of you're not going to take any penalties. But you can live with two, right? You can live with three maybe, but uh, you continue to have opportunities for for the New York Rangers who can move the puck around, who can find those seams, who can can work it to the areas that they want and the shots that they want. It's really only a matter of time, and you're asking then Logan Thompson, your penalty killers, to come through with with miraculous penalty killing, and you're not going to get that every single night. That uh, that was challenging, and then you had the follow up goal on on the next shift, and that's yeah. what what really tilted the game in favor of the New York Rangers. And uh, I'll give I'll give Vegas credit in the sense of that hasn't happened in my memory all year mm-hmm. where you've lived you've surrendered back-to-back goals now uh you got a player caught up ice uh you you miss a check in the neutral zone and and they make an outstanding play but uh ashley vice and i watched the game together last night and uh, and we were going that that's unusual for vegas usually yeah. it's vegas doing that to the to the other team so uh, as much as uh, that was a frustration it was like geez they went went a lot long time into the season without yeah, I mean, it was really kind of that first breakdown where you have rapid fire goals that kind of put the Golden Knights out of, uh, you know, out of the game essentially, right? It's it's 24 seconds later uh, that Philip Hedl scores. It's a fantastic play from Barkley Goodrow to kind of lo- lob that uh, that floater right on the tape of Hedl. But you know, for for all intents and purposes, for the Golden Knights, it is the first time that you've allowed both kind of goals back to back. That is really put you on your heels, and it was because you were pressing for that offense. I, I don't know how Barkley Goodrow made that pass, to be honest. <laughs> it, was, it was two and a half feet in the air yeah. as, as a backhand saucer Found pass, away. and it yeah. landed like a butterfly with sore feet. How, how, many, how many times, if he tries to make that play, 10 out of 10, like how many, how many times does he land it? Probably eight, 
probably does eight. eight like those guys yeah. are so skilled. Sure. Yeah. But but at the, at that speed at that time and uh, and he's having a hell of a year. And that dude is a gamer. Yeah. How, how many times do you see a team's top goal scorer like because he, he's having a great season? Sure. Yeah. Uh, go up there and throw him like like he did with Keegan Colesar. Well, and I, I talked to Keegan today. Yeah. I said I like Matt Keegan. Sure. I've seen Keegan fight <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And he does it, but I. I think he he's fighting because that's his job. I don't see him as like angry, mm. crazy mad. He he's got a lot of composure. In yeah. him. I would never be able to do that. Sure, to be able to fight with that kind of composure. He's extremely composed mm-hmm. when 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 he scraps. Last night, I thought that that was Mad Keegan fighting, and there was a little bit extra in that fight by Keegan. He said there was no jawing in the penalty box before really? they went out. Okay, he just went out and uh, asked Goudreau, "Are we going to go?" Yeah. And Goudreau said, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, and, it, and it was actually be- beneficial for both sides. No, it was a good scrap. I, yeah. I thought, you know, again, you, you look at that. It, it's not. It's certainly not a, a situation that kind of pulls anything away from what the Golden Knights were doing momentum wise. I think. Keegan landed some really good shots. I think he controlled a majority of the fight. I, I like the fact that Barkley Goodrow kind of, you know, answered the bell there too. Like, listen, Goodrow knew what he was doing after he made contact with Shea Theodore, yeah. after that interference penalty. He was looking to get it evened up, and he was able to do it. He was able to accomplish it, but I like the fact that... That was that a cheesy even up, though. It was. No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you at all. It shouldn't have been. An yeah. even up penalty, or you want to give you want to give Keegan a penalty in that in that situation for roughing. Also, give, give to, one to yeah. to Barkley Goudreau. It didn't happen. It is what it is. But I like the fact that right out of the penalty box, those two dropped the gloves. It was a lot of energy in the building, uh, and it was a fantastic fight for Keegan Colesar. So Keegan switched hands in the middle of it. It's the first yeah. time he's done that in the National Hockey huh. League. Do you when you're doing that? So mm-hmm. you're throwing rights, you're throwing rights, and you come back with a with a bunch of lefts. Like, is that something you're thinking about? Like, you're throwing one, two. Uh, I'm going to switch after this one. Is it, no, just, I don't. I don't think you're thinking. I think well, you're just kind of there's, reacting. I don't know how much strategy goes into this. Uh, well, uh, there's got to be some when when you're going to stop and you're going to switch hands in the mm-hmm. middle of a scrap. There's got to be some. He said he just did it on the fly. Yeah. So to, I'll be honest. Like the 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 sh- the punch that I love the most in in an NHL fight is when you've got kind of that lockup. You've got your hand on the collar. Just that short little jab. That's the yeah. punch that I like because I, you have, in my opinion... I do that every day with you. Yeah, that's true. Verbally. Um, yeah, I know. And, and there's only a few times where I've, I've reacted to it. But anyway, like, I, I think that that's got one that, that... like That's a punch that I think you can reasonably expect to land without damaging your hands. Like That's the, that's the biggest thing for me is you're always coming over the top. It, it, one, well, one. Well, that hit. one sets up. If you ever land that, yeah. that you got to be ready to go with the with the big one. Yeah, that's true. And then if, if yeah. you if you land that little shirt jab, then you're really good. Yeah, you're set up. Uh, do you want to do sound from today, or do you want to do game rating? I feel like we should do game rating first. Sure. Because the sound from today is sort of a little bit playing off of of what happened last night. Might, yeah. Might flow a little bit better. Are we still playing that game? Where, where yep. why it's good yep. and why it's okay. Yep. Yep. However you want to do it, yep. buddy. Yep. Yeah. Well, because it fits into the game rating. Okay. Uh, let's deal. go with our, with our game rating from last night. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Stay with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Here it is. Uh, we've got uh, why it was bad <laughs> and why it was good. Okay. Or wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll get into our actual uh, game rating. Why it wasn't that bad, and then I will I will acknowledge what happened uh, last night. Mm-hmm. Why it wasn't so bad. Uh, you survived the first period coming off a four-game road trip. You knew it would be lopsided. That's just the way it is. I, I know the Rangers, that was the first game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but uh, but the, the Golden Knights were due for a soft start last night because of the travel and the emotional win in Boston. You survived that. Yeah. Uh, in the second period, they've been problematic all year. You turned that around and you responded. You were the team that reacted in the second period. And you scored. You got it even. And you were tied up going to the third period. There was a lot to like about last night. Uh, and you, I, there's five shots in the, well into the second period. Mm-hmm. And then ended up being virtually even after 40 minutes. I loved all of that. That they stayed in the game. That they, they clawed their way back uh, territorially. And that they got the second period going in their direction. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to really like about that game. If. And here's the why it wasn't so good. You take a, a penalty at the end of the period. Yep. And uh, you can say what you want about the penalty, uh, whether you agree with it. And the, the penalty in the third period, I, I hate it. Yep. Uh, I hated that call on Shea Theodore. Uh, but uh, but I, I, that penalty at the end of the time in the second period, just it stalls. Even though it's going into an intermission, you know you're coming out and you've got to kill a full two yeah. right off the bat. It stalls any type of momentum. You can't start your line that you always want to start. Uh, and, and it just it took away. And then there was the, the, the follow-up goal off the power play goal that you haven't done all year, and it, it just knocked them on their butts. Yeah. And they couldn't recover. And it turned out to be a, a more lopsided game than the score uh, really meant to to look mm-hmm. because I thought the second period evened things out. But then, on the flip side, the score resembled what the game was. If you can yeah. follow me there, yeah, no, I get it. I, I I don't disagree with any of the points that you're bringing up. I liked the fact that the Golden Knights were able to get themselves back into the game. And the word that Bruce Cassidy used last night post-game was, we found our legs and we found our spirit, right? Like yeah. That, to me, was something that I wanted to see. You, you had a challenge in the Golden Knights that you had to make, statistically, your, your least impressive period your best period to get yourself back in the game. They did that. You score on a five-on-three. You're starting to really kind of tilt the ice. You're, you're, you're doing all the right things. And then a power play takes you out of your out of your momentum, and then it's a loss of composure in the third period. Like it is what it is. It, you're bound to have those situations over the course of 82 games. So, with all that being said, and and I'll just get to my game rating prior to Chapman. I'm going two out of five. I'm going station wagon. You're like, going out of order. Yeah, I am. I, I'm going station wagon because I I generally agree with everything that you say. I I, I don't usually do that, but like all the time you agree with me. I not I don't generally agree with you. All yeah. the time. I, I'm saying that... Or just now. I, I, No, I I agree with everything you say, which is something I don't generally do. Oh. I think that there was a lot of good from the Golden Knights. I like their pushback. I like the fact that they were able to, after a first period that they weren't particularly strong in, they got themselves into a position to take... To, to, to get points, to, to play that game the way that they should have played or hoped that they would play in the third period. It didn't happen... The New York Rangers were able to jump on them, and from there it was it was game over. It was game over at two to one. It really was. It felt like that. So uh, for that reason, 
two out of five for me. It's a station wagon. Chapman. I also give it a station wagon. I, I just, when I, when I think of the game as a whole, the, the thing that kind of stands out to me is they had nine or ten shots halfway through the game. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to score a lot of goals if you don't have a lot of shots on net. Um, like Ryan said, I thought that, that once the game got to 2-1, it really felt like it was over. Uh, there was no answer for Mika Zibanejad. I think I think Artemi Panarin had two assists, like twenty five seconds apart. Um, that that second goal kind of kind of opened the floodgates. Uh, the, the the third goal coming very very quickly after that. So um, all in all, not a very good game. I don't think it's the worst game they've played all season. But was it I, a five one game for you? No, I think it was probably a little bit closer than that. I think it probably a three one yeah. game is probably yeah. where, where where I where I lean, but. Uh, once once they scored that third goal, I felt like I don't I don't want to say the team was disinterested, but the Rangers looked like they were out for blood, and especially after there was that 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 moment where it was a five on four, and the Golden Knights took another penalty to make it five on three, and the Rangers yeah. quickly were yeah. able to I like I I felt like they were tr- I knew exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to get the two for one. They were able to get the one. They weren't able to get the second, but it, it, it was. It seemed like they were. They were really looking that, to, to a, score a lot of goals. That's a win, though. No, no. If if you have a five on three, yeah, you're, you're just looking for one. A two, a two is a massive, massive. Oh yeah, bonus. yeah, yeah. I mean, but 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 yeah. but they were trying to get the two for one. They were they were you know they were able to get the one, but I felt like they were trying to score a lot of goals. The, the, you don't give up the the second power play if you if you score on the first side. But uh, too too often I hear people say. Uh, they only got one of the five and three. Well, you, no, what, you got, you got, what was interesting with the Rangers is that you, you had an opportunity. You had all the momentum in the game. It's three to one at that point, and you have a, a five on three, and you call a timeout because you're you're trying to get that next goal. You want to make sure that this is a no doubter, and and the the Rangers came through that way. Uh, I uh, I appreciated the Rangers because they were a wounded animal. <laughs> yeah, they they were up against it. There's some uh, buzzards swirling around there right now. I don't think anybody's jobs are on the line, but it hasn't gone well. Yeah. And by the way, it's a weird road trip. They're only out, uh, out west for two games. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bizarre one. you think you'd do you'd sort of pack it all in uh, as much as you can. Uh, but uh, the, I, I appreciated what they were able to accomplish just being a, a, a much more desperate team, and there is something – that that plays off that. Uh, we'll see how, how Vegas comes back. I went wagon too. Uh, wow! Uh, I just thought that uh, uh, that Vegas did enough in that second period to put themselves in a position. Uh, the, th- the first I kind of throw out, other than the Golden Knights were able to stay in it. Yeah. Uh, in a first period, coming off a road trip and and find themselves a little bit and uh, and get themselves in the game, keep themselves in the game, and then get themselves uh, tied up. Uh, the third period was uh, was disappointing, and, and coming out in that power play uh, really just never allowed them to be able to legitimately make an attempt to win that hockey game in the third period. And why don't you, why don't you, why do you think they weren't able to pull momentum from killing that penalty off? I, I, I don't just there it's, it becomes tilted and yeah. you're, you're you're swimming up, up uphill uh or swimming upstream uh up up a hill would be really weird well there's uh, a fish that walks so. there is a fish that walks uh, as we know from from chapman but uh no i, I it, it puts you on the defensive there's a mentality to it and, and instead of thinking offensively going into the third sure. yeah. 
you, you come out because you have to kill a penalty and you have to get through that. And there's some mental fatigue to that. And it's a, it's a difficult one to really put into to words, but there's, there's a uh, mentality that puts you on your heels even after you get through that penalty because you've given the Rangers an opportunity to get a little bit going. Now, normally, I don't like fresh power plays. Sure. I don't like power plays that carry over and you get uh, a, a lot of time uh, early on in a period. I, I just There's not enough flow coming out of it. Uh, for for the power play team, but that was a, a game uh, last night where the Rangers were able to take back momentum off of that. Yeah, they were, and and you know they didn't score on that power play, but then just three and a half minutes later, they get yeah. onto the power play that eventually produces the game winning goal. So that, uh, was that the second Shea. That penalty? was the sh- the second Shea penalty, which in real time, uh-huh. I thought was a penalty. Sure. When I saw the replay, yep. I was disappointed in myself mm-hmm. for thinking that it was a pen. Now I'm I was I watched from way up top last night. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was I didn't have a great vantage point, but Shea was just really strong on his stick. Yep. And I I I didn't think it it deserved to be a penalty, especially after he'd just been whistled for one. And the Throw out the fact that you think any the referees are looking for him, and they, I know that there was a back and forth with uh, with the <laughs> official. Uh, and if you're listening to the game, you know there was a, a word that was uttered, like "get off the ice," uh, <laughs> and that, that went with through it. But yep. uh, so I don't think there was that the official looking for uh, Shea or anything to that effect. I, I just think it was a a call that that could have certainly been looked the other way. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think that in in that game, that's a call that you make, and I don't believe truly that it was a penalty. So uh, that one kind of stings a little bit more for the Golden Knights because you, you were so good on the penalty kill up until that point, and it's a penalty that I just don't feel like should have been called in the moment. So that's where that first penalty yeah. sets you up. Well, sure. Because, because, because you've, you've, you've got through it. Mm-hmm. You're thinking the whole intermission – whether it's conscious or not, sure. we got to kill this off. We got to get through the first two minutes, and you do. Yeah, but then you're right back on the kill, yeah. and you're like, oh, th- this again. There is that that part of it where the the carryover of that penalty, well, it didn't cost you a goal, contributed to well, what happened. And then you've also got kind of the the theory you have of, of starting the period on the power play a little bit less flow. You're you're just kind of getting back into the gears. Now all of a sudden the Rangers had two minutes of reps, yeah. and and now and it's no surprise that they were able to convert in that spot. Uh, let's get to some of the sound from today from Bruce Cassidy, and uh, he was asked today about trying to build things into their game, which involves obviously what we saw on the road trip, uh, plenty of uh, playing in front, uh, to coming home and trying to dial in the ability to be better out of the gate off of a road trip to in-game building on certain aspects, which last night they were able to recover from a a, a sluggish first period into a second, but uh, couldn't pull it off. Here's Bruce Cassidy. Uh, No, I mean, it's we're always trying to build things into our game, right? So that that's a given mature as in, um, you know, understanding there's a bit of fatigue. You're coming back off the road. You're playing again every second night. That's what we got in front of us till Christmas. 
So there's parts of the game you can't force plays and expend a lot of your energy defending, working back, right? So you need some energy to create offense, uh, so manage pucks better. I mean, it's you're going to hear it a lot because I believe our team falls into that trap sometimes. I think we can make lots of plays. We have to find the balance of when the ice is available to us to make plays when there's room in front of us and when there's not, and you have to play behind them, right? And that's every team goes through this. And we're, we're going through it now. And I thought last night we were expending energy the first period defending. Um, and then other times in the game as well where we could have been using it better to create offense. As in, you're going to be in a lot of close games. And you need that energy for, for different reasons. So too much concentrated in one area of the game that um, you know, end up, you know, we end up breaking down. And sure enough, the uh, game gets away from us. Uh, there's a, a couple of phrases that he's used this year turbulence mm -hmm. was uh coming off the last homestand on the road there's a bit of turbulence in 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 their game yeah and the last couple of days i've heard the mature game yeah being uh, uh mature in the moment and uh, that's not a young talking about a young player or versus an old player it's about what you do with the puck at a certain time mm -hmm. or whether you're forechecking what how aggressive you are at that particular time yeah and i i think that you know you look at it and his his initial commentary after last night's game was that uh you go down two to one and you're looking to get it all back on the next shift. Yeah. And that was really the precursor of the Barkley Goodrow play to Philip Heedle to make it three to one, 24 seconds later is you've got the golden Knights kind of jumping into the offensive zone, pushing for offense. And all of a sudden uh, you turn a puck over ends up in the back of your net. So, uh, you know, Bruce kind of mentioned game management on the road being better than it, it has been at home. And I think, that this is hopefully a learning experience for the Golden Knights that in certain pockets of the game, you don't have to just go and get everything back all at once. Uh, update on Mark Stone, courtesy of Butch Cassidy. Maintenance day for him. I anticipate he'll play. Uh, that was what I was told, but we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, he, he did. He got, I mean, got cross-checked pretty good. That's a sensitive area if you've ever played. Um, not a lot of padding up there. He got hit with a clear attempt, I think, too, that probably causing a little discomfort. But I don't think it's anything that would keep him out. Uh, that cross-check that he took mm -hmm. in front of the net, mm -hmm. I thought he got hit by the puck initially. Yeah. And I was worried about that. And then I saw the cross-check. I'm like, oh, that would hurt. It's oh, yeah. right underneath, almost the, the bottom of the ribs. And there's no the shoulder pads mm -hmm. uh, don't reach down. The, the pants don't go up uh, uh, that far. And it's... Strategic, sure. <laughs> among yeah. every defenseman that's ever played, uh, to, to to find that spot. But boy, I felt bad for you. It was one of those ones you can almost feel yourself. Yeah, it hurt me. It, yeah. it, Mark Stone lying on the ice watching the replay of the cross check. It hurt me. He did come back, so that was great. Uh, I wasn't surprised that he wasn't on the ice uh, today. Yeah. Uh, after after taking two. Uh, bumps in that uh, one final clip from from Bruce Cassidy and this one is uh, is the last one Chapman uh, if you're following along uh, back <laughs> the studio uh, talking about creating offense and how you do that and the different ways that you can discover the the ability to challenge the opposition and this is a fabulous answer about the different avenues to test the team that you're playing against. 
How to create the ozone usually comes with puck protection. I think uh, first gauche, it's not exposing the puck, which usually means using your body and playing on your forehand, right? You can certainly be on your backhand, on a cutback, but finding a way to get to your forehand. Um, puck protection first, and that's usually body position. Um, bigger guys, obviously, you see them do it better. With smaller guys, it's more about agility, uh, first step separation. Uh, and then it's close support originally, right? If you're in trouble, team that swarms you, gets on top of you in a hurry, you got to be close together, little short touches. Uh, chemistry will help that. Communication, knowing maybe an e easy outlet behind the net. Uh, using your D low to high will spread them out then. And now all of a sudden maybe there's a seam opens up and you can start attacking, get their, I'll say their swarm now, now four, four guys in the corner sort of near each other against two, if you can get out of that by using low to high. Now those four guys got to space out appropriately. So now some holes open up for you. So there's probably three or four different ways. Usually puck protection is, is the best one and close support would be what I would say usually allows you now to get into some sort of cycle or low to high game or funnel, which where you just pitch pucks to the net and, and hope you, you arrive on time or get your rebounds. And that's usually how you end up creating it. There, there's some coach speak in there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of coach speak in there. Mm -hmm. But if you as a listener just take what you heard, you will learn so much about the game. What Bruce Cassidy just gave us is something that people pay a lot of money at coaching seminars, coaching conferences, uh, because the, there is detail in there that you don't get anywhere else mm. and strategy that goes along with it. That, I, I was mesmerized listening to Bruce today in, in, in writing that down. And, and I'm going to do some follow-up with, with Darren Elliott tomorrow exactly on, on the different different avenues. But uh, using your body, uh, being on your forehand, uh, mm -hmm. low to high and stretching them out. Some of that you know. Some of that uh, was was furthering uh, the, the, the pee along the road. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would say listen to that clip a couple of times before you go into the game tomorrow. Uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers if you're watching the game. Because, frankly, when you start to think about how to create offense in the, off like in the offensive zone, so not in transition, um, the, the, the thoughts on close support and utilizing uh, some quick touches to get some separation was really interesting. Little passes are my yeah. favorite ones. Little passes because so often we see teams down low a cycle trying to get something going and I, I think it can look maybe a little bit arbitrary or you're just not ever getting to a position where it pays off and yet when it works when you find that seam it usually leads to a really really good chance so uh, I'm with you I, I heard that from Bruce Cassidy and it was awesome there's there's a, a cycle uh, drill that a lot of teams do, and it was me famous. The Sedins were so great at yeah. it, and they could just cycle you for thirty <laughs> minutes. Uh, but but sometimes uh, other players could could replicate the cycle part, but uh -huh. they couldn't do anything off of it. Sure. Uh, the game has grown to a point where you have to be able to cycle the puck, you have to be able to protect the puck, but you also have to move the puck and get it to different areas, uh, whether it's a, a cross-ice pass or the Royal Road, which goes across the, the top of the, the circles, or through uh, a, a little pass. The little passes sound simple, 
they're the hardest thing to do in the offensive yeah. zone in a small area. And to be able to move that puck and get it back and be on your strong side and be able to generate an opportunity. And Bruce just broke it down brilliantly there. That is a DeLorean of <laughs> answers from Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right on the money there. We are on location. Stefanos, uh, we are out at their brand-new stop. And what, what do you think of this place? Oh, it's awesome. Blue Diamond Indicator. Uh, I've been in the building a, a couple of times just kind of looking at everybody and, and all the food. It looks fantastic. You just met Maria? Yeah, just met Maria. I met Nick. A great family-run operation and some of the best Greek food you're ever going to find in this city. Outstanding and uh, great grand opening here, courtesy of uh, Stefanos, and we are happy to be here with the VGK Insider Show. We also have tickets to give away, guys. In touch with you, and we have tickets. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. So, would you like to give those away now, or would you like to do it at the end of one timers? I say uh, let's make the people wait a little bit. Give them away at the end of one timers. Okay. You know what? You know what? My next question is: What game? No. 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 Why, you, Ryan, what's my next question? If you wanted to wait until the end of one-timers, why didn't you just tell us in the break? <laughs> well, because I, 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 I had to I had to tease the listeners, get them to keep listening. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we do have tickets, and uh, we'll come back. Uh, one-timers are next. News and notes around the National Hockey Lake. Yet Ryan and I share a brain sometimes, and it, it is always... Always surrounds Chris Chapman. It's called the tease, guys. <laughs> Live on location at Stefano's. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. We had a serious watch on last night. Tate Thompson, who had uh, four goals in the first period. Uh, Five-point first period. Ended up with uh, five and one uh, for the night. Uh, why it's impressive? Five goals in the game. Only the second Buffalo Sabre to ever do that. Uh, Dave Anderchuk. Five goals in the game. Mm-hmm. Why wow, you don't do that in street hockey? But, you know, I, of all the things that I've read about Tage Thompson's performance last night, yeah, it's always the fourth player to do this, the sixth player to do that. He's one of three people to accomplish this. I, I don't see any records of his own. When you score five goals in a game, I expect it to be uh, set a Sabre record, uh, set a, an American-born player record. Uh, okay. Let's, didn't, he didn't get anything of his own, and he scored six points in the game, five goals on his, on his own merit. Yeah, listen, I... I just wanted more. Like, I wanted him to hit six goals. I wanted him to hit seven goals. I wanted to see Tage Thompson, who had five goals going into the third period, accomplish something that I don't think anyone ever would expect to see. At least I would never expect to see six or seven goals in a game. So I'm a little disappointed that his night stopped at five. I wanted more. I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted more. So the uh, the Edmonton Oilers scored eight goals in the game last night. Yeah. There's a big difference between, this is goofy to say, eight and nine. <laughs> and there's a big difference between scoring five goals and seven. Yes. It just, it means so much more than just the two-goal separation in that. And I'm totally with you. I was looking for something 
out of this world big when he had the uh, had the five early. And, and here's the part I think that bothers me the most. 13 minutes, 56 seconds. That's his time on ice in the game. You have five goals going into the third period. I understand you don't want to pile on. I get that you don't want to well, embarrass. Did you see the end of the game? They were looking for the 10th. They well, had big chances for the 10th. They weren't easing up, and I'm surprised to hear that number. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that thir number. 13.56. I, I would have I played Tage Thompson 10 minutes in the third period. He never looked excited at any point, really. Well, it's this is just commonplace for him now. Uh, I reiterate, I was wrong on him. <laughs> on pace for a 65-goal season. Tage Thompson, uh, on the same night that Connor McDavid goes out and throws up a four-pointer. Yeah. And and we're talking like chasing history with a six-point night, trying to get into Daryl Sittler range of a 10-point yeah. game. He yep. holds the record for 10 points in the game. Uh, and Connor goes four, and we're like, ah, just, just not that. The, the record for most goals in the game is seven. Yeah. I, I saw, and that was way back when. I just, I, I... It's funny how Connor McDavid, two goals, two assists, four-point night uh, in an eight-goal performance from the Edmonton Oilers is the second biggest story from last night's games. Yeah, a 153-point pace right now for, for Connor, yeah. which is the exact Point. same number of uh, Wayne Gretzky's 51-point <laughs> uh, consecutive game streak. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, that's, that's right up there. Uh, the Seattle Kraken have loaned Shane Wright, the fourth overall selection in the draft. Remember, he was the favorite to go first overall. Instead, the Montreal Canadiens in their uh, home barn with the National Hockey League draft uh, took uh, Slavkovsky. So they, uh, Shane Wright scored his first goal recently uh, for Seattle against Montreal and has now been loaned to the World Junior Team for Canada. Yeah, it, it kind of worked out well in that you were able to get Shane Wright some confidence yeah. in, in the AHL by putting him, on, uh, putting him down there on a conditioning loan. Then you get to bring him up with that confidence to play against Montreal where he scores his first career NHL goal, and now he's going to get to go play at the World Junior. So it, it, at least this stretch, it hasn't been a, a an easy rookie season for Shane Wright, but the last two and a half, three weeks going into World Juniors is going to be uh, pretty well done for him. Uh, Chris Letang returned to practice today with the Pittsburgh Penguins 10 days after having a stroke, uh, which is awesome news. There's, you think stroke, yeah. you obviously think the worst, and this is incredible. Uh, he missed a couple of months when he had this happen eight years ago. Yep. So it's not surprising because they know all, everything that goes in. He's got a hole in his heart that was never healed as a kid. and uh, it, There's a deeper dive that you need to do on it if you're really interested in how he could possibly do this 10 days after having a stroke. But uh, so happy to see him back on the ice. Yeah, uh, I echo the same sentiment. It's great to see him back on the ice, and it's just, you know, kind of wild to imagine that 10 days later he's able to be in that spot. But, you know, this is uh, this is not a, a new situation for Chris Letang. Uh, I had a procedure done at the doctor today, and I had the full body meltdown, like a just an injection and all that yeah. stuff, yeah. like full for my hip, full body meltdown. <laughs> and then I walk out, and I realize that Latang's at practice 10 days after having a stroke. <laughs> and did, did I ever feel like a loser? Like, oh. it, it just puts it even more perspective how amazing it is that uh, Latang can do that. Uh, we've got some uh, cool things going on with um, Chris Chapman on the other side. But first, tickets to see the Boston Bruins on Sunday play the Vegas Golden Knights in the rematch. Be caller number 13. 
to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340 as we broadcast live from Stefano's newest location, catching up with Chapman on the other side. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. I'm going to ask you a question, oh, Christopher. Okay. Want to come and hang out tomorrow night uh, at the television set during the first intermission? Yes, I I would love to do that. You can't bother my guest though. Oh, I know. Until I know. I'm done. Okay. Talk to him. That's a that's him. a deal. That is an absolute deal. Patty the Batty's going to stop by. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked awesome. about that. Uh, Liverpool guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a huge, huge Liverpool football supporter as well. So uh, I'm going to bring my jersey. You going to get him to sign your jersey? I might. Yeah, yeah. I may do that. So you're going full fanboy. Oh, I'm, on I'm totally, totally fanning out on that one. Are you not I, supposed to be a member of the media? I don't cover the UFC. It's wow. okay. It's all but good. you are a member of the media. I'm a member of the hockey media and so, the college football media, but I don't cover UFC. I could be a fan. Is that is that like inbounds, Chapman, to have a fan of Liverpool sign your Liverpool jersey? Well, I think it's a he's a little more than a fan. Like he's been embraced by the entire city, the club, because he is let's just say there, there there's not a ton of great athletes who've come out of the city of Liverpool. Some uh-huh. pretty good soccer players, but you know, as far as, like, away from that, there, there, there haven't been a ton. I mean, there have been just a few famous people that have come out of there. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of the Beatles. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. That's the first thing that Dave Gosher mentioned today. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> got to think of a song and, and ask him what album <laughs> it was off of now next time I see him. but. Uh, so what should I uh, talk to Patty about tomorrow? Oh, well, I would, I would study uh, football. Ask him about Liverpool. No, I'm not. He's no, no. no, I, I, I <laughs> mean, you, you ask him about his fight. Yeah, oh, you, you, you ask him about gracious. his fight. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you you could get into a little bit about where he's from and his upbringing because I'm sure, you know, Liverpool, not exactly uh, the poshest of areas. So I'm sure he had a pretty interesting upbringing as well. Here's the, here's the fun part. Uh, and he so does a lot for charity, which Lawless, is awesome, too. Lawless is on the first intermission, too. If I go long, Lawless doesn't get his time. Oh. And, we, and, and, and I'm, I'm with Gary on this. He needs his time. I, I to, I, to, <laughs> no, I am. I'm 100% serious. He Gary's uh, and the analyst. He does it every night. He deserves his time. Except who's going to tell Patty <laughs> to be quiet? You know, I, I, I think That's Patty, the issue. Patty could do to Lawless what Lawless did to you with the with Ooh, the with the, uh, the, the that's a, that is a good. You know what? Topic. You set you set him up for payback. You gotta you gotta play this one right. Yeah, yeah, play it right, Darren. But I think Lawless should be on there talking about the game too. So I'm yeah, but yeah, you, you do owe him one. Yeah, I, and you're right about that. I'm stuck in a quandary. Right now. Hey, thanks to everybody at Stefanos out here. This is awesome. Love it. Uh, appreciate it. We'll be back with you tomorrow as we look ahead to the Golden Knights against Flyers.